Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On. All right. Well, we're here for yet another episode of the Digital Transformation of Business. My name is Curtis Campbell, Senior Marketing Manager with Hughes. I'm joined with my by my friend uh, Chuck Keeler, who is uh, one of our creative directors on the enterprise team. And uh, I'm also joined by Jeff Bradbury, Senior Marketing Director as well at Hughes. So um, we want to we, we got a fun topic to talk about today. And uh, we're going to start talking about uh, really the evolution we're seeing across uh, retail um, and how important it is to meet the consumer at the point of sale. Um, there's a great article that we saw that was uh, recently published in the Progressive Grocer magazine. So I uh, apologize to those big retailers that don't have an, a grocery arm to their business. But I think this is really will kind of keep the conversation applicable to everyone. So Jeff, there, this article speaks the language you and I are hearing every single day as we meet with uh, current and prospective customers. Grocers across the board, just like retailers, are experiencing a renaissance period as the retail industry adjusts to a changing market landscape. So maybe, why don't you kick things off and just kind of see, what, what are you seeing in your various interactions? Well, you know, what, what immediately jumped out at me, and, and you know, we, we look at um, the retail segment across the board, and we see this with specialty retailers, big box retailers, and now we're seeing the, the grocery stores and the convenience stores uh, kind of follow along in the exact same path, right? The mantra is, you know, convenience, convenience, convenience. Make it easier for your customer to get into your store, get exactly what they want, and get out. Um, for the grocery stores and the convenience stores, we're seeing them find a lot of success with their prepared food section and their uh, individual uh, food products uh, that they produce for you know families on the go or or whatever, uh, where it's you know single serving sized. Uh, you know, if it's frozen, it's it's you know relatively healthy. Uh, very fast, easy to prepare for, for families on the go again. Um, and, and they're finding a lot of success with that. So I think that this idea of really sort of serving your customer as quickly and as efficiently as they want to be served, because they're spending less time in the store. So they've got to get in, get exactly what they want, pay for it and get out is, is really important to them. So we're, we're seeing that, that focus. And I think uh, in a similar vein, we're also seeing them blend the online and the in-store experience. Uh, again, we're going to speaking to grocery stores in particular, but, but convenience stores are doing this more and more as well. This ability to order ahead uh, and pick up in-store uh, or, or you know, even delivery, right, with the, you know, the Peapods and the other, other uh, grocery store uh, services, Walmart's another one, where you can order and have it delivered to your house. Uh, we're seeing convenience stores where you're at the gas pump, you can actually order food at the gas pump finish pumping your gas, walk in, get your food, and walk out. So there's all of this blending of how do I make this easier for my customer? How do I, how do I serve them better so I can get them what they want and, and get them on their way? So I think that's a, that's a big crossover area across all of retail. You know, and I, it's, it's, you're, you're, I think you hit the nail right on the head in what you just said because, um, you know, Walmart, you know, the 10 million pound hippo, I used the analogy of an elephant before, but uh, a hippo, um, they are the largest grocer in America, you know, and they, they do upwards of over a billion dollars of business a day, which is mind-blowing. Um, grocery or? Just across, across all things, still, soft lines, hard lines, everything. Over the last couple of years have rolled out this Walmart uh, neighborhood market uh, format, yes. which is brilliant in my mind because, one, I, no offense to anyone at Walmart, but I've always had a hard time walking into a Walmart 
and realizing that I walked in the wrong side of the store and now I have to walk across a small city to get <laughs> to the grocery section. Yeah, it's like four blocks away and to it's get like, to where you want to go. Exactly. It's four blocks. And for me being, you know, l trying to live sedentary life, you know, it's kind of a little bit difficult. But, you know, they talked about how that has been a major contributor to their growth as a grocery leader. In fact, in this article that we're talking about today, it talks about how Walmart's earnings demonstrated that in-store investments are extremely important to their overall growth. And they talked about how the grocery division of their store had the best performing quarter in nine years most recently, which is mind-blowing. And, you know, whether it's because they now offer like uh, Kroger's click list to, you know, Walmart's, you know, order ahead, buy in line, you know, buy in line, pay in store, pick up in store, you know, but another theme that I'd like to maybe segue over to is this concept of, again, citing the article, Phenomic commissioned a research report in this that was cited in this article that found that food and retail executives believe that grocery stores, and for that matter, I believe it to be all retail outlets need to become a more of a community hub or social gathering place alongside bars and restaurants where people happen to gather, right? So um, stores can use this opportunity to build customer loyalty by offering free samples and enable consumers to test good in real time before purchasing them. So, I, I mean, that was a direct pullout from something that was written by Dana in this article. So, you know, maybe Chuck or, or Jeff, what, what are some of your thoughts along these lines? Um, well, I, I will say this, and I... I uh I don't know how many of you do this, but but when I go shopping uh, on the weekends with my family uh, and we go someplace where there are samples, I can tell you I'm more excited to go someplace where there are samples than, than other places where there aren't. Oh, same here. And it's, and it's amazing uh, after you do this a couple of weeks or a couple of months in a row, you start bumping into the same people getting the seeking out the free samples at, <laughs> at wherever you're going. Uh, I have to say there is something to this idea that something that brings people together in the store, whether it's a, a cooking demonstration or... Uh, you know, these free samples or whatever. There, there is something to that. I, I do find that, that you start seeing the same people, you start kind of, you know, getting to know them or, you know, at least recognizing them. Uh, and, and it gives you something to come to the store for. Again, this idea that uh, I want a reason to go to the store. I mean, I could just order online and have it delivered to my front door if I didn't mind paying the extra, you know, $5, you know, $10, you know, delivery fee, whatever it is. But sometimes you want to go to the store. You want to know what the options are. You maybe you want the free samples and see if you're missing out on something. So there's definitely something there. Yeah, you know, and it's and you want to go to the store, but you want it to be convenient, and you want it to potentially even be, as Dana says in this article, these micro visits, right? Where they 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 walk in, they get what they exactly what they want, they pay and they get out. And you know, and I think this is all part of an overall strategy. Talking about how mobility ties into this, right? So I mean, even. Again, it talks about, uh, in this same study that I mentioned a few minutes ago, it talks about how the 18 million U.S. adults will use a grocery app at least once a month. That's huge, and that's a, a massive jump over where that number was last year. I think it's somewhere, or according to this article, 49.6%. That's a massive leap. And so we're seeing that that is, you know, it's not just a blip. It's a force that needs to be reckoned with. Well, and, and think about that for a second, right? I mean, a grocery app. I mean... How far back do you have to sort of go in your mind to, to think about a day when, right, a grocery app was the farthest thing from something you would put on your phone? And now we're talking about, you know, nearly half the people uh, are, are at some point going to access a grocery app this year. Yeah. Uh, that, that's amazing. I mean, right? I mean, who would have thought two years ago that of all of the... You know, you know, cluttered space on my phone where I had jammed various apps, since whether it's banking or travel or, you know, ESPN, whatever. Um, 
right? I would have, I would find room for a, a grocery, grocery app, app, right? Yeah. But but I think that, that that kind of opens up a broader point as well. This idea of um, retail stores in general. We'll we'll come back to the grocery and convenience store specifics here in a second. But retail retail stores in general want to communicate with their customers. Sometimes you want to communicate with them as a way of enticing them to come into the store. Uh, maybe you want to communicate with them while they're in the store um, to give them a special offer. Uh, maybe there's a loyalty program with reward points and they've got enough points to, to get something. You want to remind them to use their points while they're in the store. You know, this, this kind of, you know, challenges you to think about what, when, when did you realize you needed a grocery app on your phone? Right. I'm certainly two years ago. I, I had no interest in putting a grocery app on my phone. But but this goes to a broader retail uh, practice that we're beginning to see more and more of, which is the retail store reaching out to engage with their customer. Um, may, maybe you're engaging to, to, to entice them into the store. Maybe you're engaging with them uh, to give them a special offer while they're in the store. Uh, maybe you're engaging with them as part of a loyalty program. But there's this desire to engage to communicate, to bring people into the store and to talk to them and give them a reason to, to come into the store and a reason to engage with you as a brand. And that's even followed up even more so we're seeing once people get into the store. We're seeing you know greater use of digital signage in the store, uh, greater use of in the store, um, these, uh, these demonstrations or displays on, oh, here's a quick, easy menu uh, that you might want to consider. Oh, are you looking at chicken thighs? Well, here's a great winter stew that you might want. Right? This, the, all these ideas, again, I want to bring the customer in. I want to curate a bit of an experience that, that is meaningful to them. I want to help them figure out how to do something easier or more efficiently or, or help them get food on the table uh, you know, a little faster or a little healthier. Uh, and I'm going to communicate to them to that to them with digital signage. I may give them the chance to scan something and download a recipe or, or whatever, and in the same process give them a coupon on something uh, and help them, do, help them do what they need to do, again, more efficiently more effectively and get them back on their way. Yeah, and uh, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and I mean, and this is perpetuating the, the theme of everyone being a closet foodie, right? You know, the, you have your regular foodies that go out and try new things all the time. But then you have people like me where I'm at the store and I may see a recipe and I'm like, you know, that looks good. And then, of course, I try it and it's outstanding, right? You know, they're, they're not kidding around. And, and you see that same theme. You know, it's not grocery anymore, but now there's things like Blue Apron, right, where they, they have a full meal in a box delivered to you. You know, and it may cost you $6 per person to feed them, but now that the, the lion's share of your legwork is done, you know? Yep. I mean, Papa Murphy's is the same way. You see this take-and-bake pizza, right? So it's like I still get the joy of cooking a pizza at home and smelling it, and, you know, but I, and, and you're now able to get a custom order at your house and deliver it. I mean, not deliver it, but, you know, I mean, you get the idea where, you know, Papa Murphy's is able to reduce their complexity by no, not having ovens. And they give the oven to you, right? Meaning the oven is now your, your, your friend. So, I mean, this is a theme that we've seen that was dabbled with for years leading into this. And now we're seeing as being commonplace where, as it states in the article, half of U.S. adults are doing that. So, so the article says 89% of shoppers want, according to a, a, some research they did, 89% of shop, shoppers want to shop in a grocery store that understands how to make buying groceries an easier and or more efficient experience. So I think there's been an evolution here. I think all the major retailers probably had an app four or five years ago. It was probably something that a few people wanted to use, but it was probably 
lacking, right? It was probably pretty watered down. It might show you a special or a, a coupon or something. But now I think what's happening is that they're actually finding the ways to make it more efficient, make it more easy, like the article says. My wife, for example, I don't think she's ever used an app for anything ever unless it makes her life as a mother of small children easier. At least twice a week before she goes to bed, while she's in bed, pulls out her phone, selects a number of items from Walmart, pays for it, and then schedules a time to go pick up those food items. Now, she doesn't even have to get out of the car. She drives up to the, the special spot. The Yeah, the, she texts a number and, you know. Yeah, it's a, I'm not even sure how she does it because I've never done it because she, she insists on doing it. She loves it. But yeah, what do you text a number and then somebody comes out they come and they out, load yeah. up? And so she opens the back of the minivan with a button. She doesn't even unbuckle her seatbelt. Next thing she knows, our minivan is full of groceries. She didn't have to go in the store at all and come back out. So I think these retailers are getting really smart when it comes to apps, for example. And then they're tying the experience into the actual store experience. And so there's this beautiful hybrid that's happening right now that it's not this disjointed, disconnected experience between either A, shop online, or B, shop in the store. It's this combined experience that's really fantastic. I think, I think again, it goes back to this idea that Retail establishments, retail businesses are finding a way to engage their customers outside of the store as well as in the store through apps and, and, and offerings uh, and in-store digital signage and curated events and these other things, right? It creates loyalty. It creates a stickiness that people want to interact with that brand because the ease of having them load the groceries for you, the ease of being able to fill my shopping cart while I'm in bed at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and then tomorrow I can go pick it up on the way home from dropping the kids off at school at 9.30 or whatever. It, it's, it's engaging the customer, as you said, in a way they want to be engaged, engaging a customer in an, a, an efficient way, also engaging the customer in a way that they, um, are, are ha they have an opportunity to learn something or gain some additional value out of it, whether it's the value of saving time and having them load the car for me, whether it's the value of getting free samples when we walk through the aisles, uh, whether it's the value of discovering a new... Uh, a new recipe or a new food maybe you hadn't used before or a way to a more healthy way to do something um, and deliver that to you. And again, in a way that you as the consumer, you get what you want, you figure out how to access it quickly and efficiently. I can get into the store, I can get what I want, and I can choose to either spend my time in the store if I want to spend my time there, uh, or I can get it and get out at my convenience and, uh, and really fig you know, figure out how it fits me best. And I think that's, that's the story of retail uh, across the board and I think in particular in this case, in both the convenience store and the grocery stores that we're talking about in this article, it's really about how you best leverage what those stores are designed to bring to their customers. So their transformation is really multi-pronged approach, right? It's really going to affect all kinds of shoppers, whether you be the guy that wants to go get the free samples, like you said, or you're the, the uh, my wife who doesn't want to even walk into the store. Their transformation is really, I don't want to say complex, but it, it is pretty complex, right? Yeah. Well, and, and then what's really cool too, is it helps perpetuate people, you know, it for, prevents people from walking into a store and buying the things. I mean, granted, that's kind of the MO for grocery stores for a long time was put things strategically <clears throat> in your way as you went along your buying journey in the store so that you would be enticed to buy something, right? Impulse shopping. Impulse shopping, right? So I, you know, I walk by a, a package of grasshopper cookies and I, you know, I'm usually morally obligated to buy it. But <laughs> if I'm, if I'm, following this digital transformation path, right? I'm online. I don't see 
those grasshopper cookies. So or therefore, do you? or do you? I don't know. But either way, I'm buying the things that I need for food. I have a greater level of satisfaction because I'm not shopping when I'm hungry. I'm buying the food that I know sticks within what I'm trying to do with my life, and I'm doing it in a way in a convenient fashion. So it's, I mean, it's this whole, you know, shift is amazing. But they could, I think they could say, hey, we know that Curtis Campbell likes grasshopper cookies. Yeah. They're going to know a lot more and about we, me after yeah. <laughs> not just grasshopper cookies. And we know that uh, he's not going to be in the store tomorrow. He's going to be buying on his phone. Maybe we figure out a way to, to slip that in there. Well, and strangely so, enough, they're going to start loading up Crestor into my cart, too. So, <laughs> Well, I, I will say this, and this is actually, they mentioned this in the article as well. You know, th this, this transformation, this idea of the store changing its behavior to become this efficient um, customer experience that, that sort of allows for these micro visits is even getting to the point where they are looking at redesigning the layout of the stores. Well, yeah, they have to. It yeah, says, grocers must learn how to invest in the right atmosphere to advance the customer experience. Right. So what you're saying is the atmosphere plays a role in, in helping the customer experience. And how does that? I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the how the atmosphere affects people's emotions, whether that be the way your house is decorated or lit, the way um, I come from a theme park background. How does that theme park environment uh, affect your, your visitors? How does a grocery store alter its atmosphere to enhance the customer experience and ultimately sell more product? I mean, what, is, what do we see? What do we see in the industry right now? Well, I'll tell you. So in this article, they talk about doing something really sort of obvious, but it's the, it's the opposite of the way it is now, which is bring the prepared foods and the frozen foods, especially the small portion, sort of individually designed frozen foods, um, to the front of the store. They know people are running in. It's a fast-paced life. They don't want to spend an hour walking up and down every aisle. They want to get in and get what they want. So you put the prepared foods and sort of the, the quick serve, uh, you know, frozen dinners and, and individual mm -hmm. meals strategically in smaller cases or, or uh, position when you first enter the store. So when, if, I'm, if I'm in that fast-paced mode and I know I've got to get dinner for the kids tonight, I can run in the front door, I can see exactly what I want, grab it and get out. Walmart puts the rotisserie chicken right there by the check stand. You don't have to go way back to the deli or to the yep. whatever section right. in the back of the store. It smells delicious. You can grab it literally while you're waiting in line. Yeah. And that's, so I think you're going to see more of that. This idea of, again, the use of digital signage. I get into the store and there's going to be some intelligent display there that's going to tell me where to go for what I want. Maybe I'm, maybe I need a quick, a quick meal idea and I can, you know, touch a button or, uh, you know, maybe it just naturally plays through, but it'll give me like three or four immediate ideas on things that they have either in a prepared food or, uh, you know, semi-prepared and the idea of like the blue apron, you know, uh, you know, it's not cooked, but it's, it's all the, all packaged up for me, or maybe it's a frozen product and point me right to it. Maybe, uh, it'll be some sort of signage that walks me to uh, someplace where they've got the key elements I need to create the meal I want to create. If, or if I know I've, I've got you know, some desire for a grilled chicken salad or something, right, it will point me to, oh, you need this, this, and this. This is, You want to be in this aisle to get this, and then pop over to aisle seven and, and grab your you know, pre-seasoned uh, prepared chicken. You don't have to cook it. Just take the chicken home, chop up the salad, put it together, and you've got yourself a delicious summer you know, grilled chicken salad knowing that you jeff are going to be in there and you're going to want to be out of there within five minutes you're not going to be there for an hour and a half doing your monthly grocery shopping you're in and out and you think about even the fact that 
because of this rise of, the, of mobility and the requirements of today's customers, you're not seeing that the mother of a family walking through with a binder full of coupons with a list a foot long on a piece of paper. She's now making a daily trip to the grocery store, whether she did it online or she's going in to get one thing, you know, a few things for dinner that night. And she's doing it, and she doesn't even need to worry about coupons because she knows that based on her loyalty to that store, she's going to scan her membership card. It's automatically going to drop off anyway. And then furthermore, this other thing, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, Walmart Savings Catcher, I don't know if you've seen yes. it. That's brilliant, right? So what they do is they're so confident that their prices are the best you're going to find. You scan your you scan Savings Catcher, right? It automatically checks the prices of every item you bought against 10 other grocery stores in the area. And if they, if they find a lower price, they give you back that money on an electronic gift card so that when you use Walmart Pay on your next order, it automatically takes that money out. So you'll see, oh, I spent $25 on groceries, but only 18 of it actually came out. Which is why my wife does not comparison shop anymore no. for groceries. No. It's because it's done for you, and you're automatically going to get the lowest price in the area, and it's effortless. Effortless, again, that word, that, that idea that I'm making it easier and more efficient for my customer. And I think... Again, that's the mantra, right? I mean, the retail environment, especially the, the brick and mortar environment, has to find a way to add value to their customers, or the customer's just gonna sit at home and order it from their couch from some online provider, right? So they're, they're finding ways to consistently compete for that customer's attention and that customer's loyalty by delivering to them uh, a more valuable experience, a more consistent experience, an experience that rewards them for being loyal. Now, this idea of convenience has definitely changed over time. I think a few years ago, the idea of convenience is, okay, I'll go into the smaller footprint store. The selection's going to be much, much more limited, and the prices are going to be much more high. I think with the technologies that are being implemented, the idea of convenience has gotten better when it comes to price and, and selection as well. So, my grandfather uh, and my grandmother, they owned a number of grocery stores in the 1960s and 1970s. They ended up sold, selling all of them in the early 80s. There was a time, there was a time where the grocery industry was growing to where you needed to be basically a supermarket to stay in business. These small mom and pop stores that were owned by my grandparents were closing their doors to give way to these large supermarkets. And then in my lifetime, later in my lifetime, we saw the the super supermarkets, I don't know what they're called, but the Walmart super centers and the Target super stores and stuff. And so it was about selection, about variety, about this huge, like Curtis said, it's the size of a small city. You've got to walk through this giant store, but you have all the options you could possibly want. But now there's the, uh, the convenience of the mobile app and all these different things. So I think convenience now isn't completely tied to the 7-Eleven, where it is convenient because it's down the street, it's on the corner, it's w within a, a small distance from your house. You can walk and you can get one gallon of milk and you could get uh, that pack of hot dogs maybe. The selection is very, very small and the prices are going to be, you're going to be paying a premium for that. So I think we're seeing convenience move into something that's more attractive than ever, right, when it comes to selection and, and price. It's not just convenience anymore. I mean, we talked about effortless convenience micro all these things that require so little effort and really puts the puts the requirements on the backs of the grocers and so and we're and we're seeing the innovations that they're they're and they're you know they're introducing into their stores as being things that they can roll out easily that scale quickly that you know 
ultimately reduce their complexity so that they can save money. Because again, grocery, just like retail, but especially grocery has razor thin margins where, you know, they don't make a lot of money because they can, somebody can very easily go and shop right down the street. But we, again, the technology that they're investing in is reducing their complexity to then share. It's just like when a company is able to reduce costs on the manufacturing, they're able to pass those savings onto the consumer. This is the same theme we're seeing over and over and over again. And it's a cycle that we see over and over and over again. So it's, you know, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I think, I think Chuck hit just on a remarkable point there, this idea. And I, I grew up in a, I shouldn't say I grew up, but for a small portion of my, my teen years, I lived in a city um, where we only had markets. We didn't have supermarkets. They were the mom and pop corner stores that, you know, had fresh, you know, fresh bread and fresh meat and, you know, three aisles of food and you ran in and you got what you needed for that day or, or, or that evening or whatever. Um, and I think, I think Chuck is, is onto something about this idea that convenience stores are less about the, you know, Slim Jims and a can of soda. <laughs> and they're becoming much more about the convenience of a family being able to run in there and grab something quickly that they need to sort of fill in either a particular meal or, or fill it until the next time they go to a supermarket. And so they can get the fresh milk. They can get, you know, healthier options because convenience stores are carrying those healthier options. They can get prepared food. They can get more of the things that a, that a family would actually need, you know, on a Thursday night where you didn't feel like driving the 25 minutes down to the local Walmart, uh, you could just pop to the corner, hit your local convenience store, grab what you need to come home. So that, that's a whole nother level of convenience. And I think that's exactly right. You're seeing more of those stores look at convenience, not I was pumping gas and I grabbed some snacks because I happened to be there too. I want to be a convenient place for the families in my community to stop by to grab the the handful of things they'll need to get them to the weekend. We went full circle on that discussion and it's exciting. And and, uh, and I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up for today uh, on this episode. Um, and again, thank Dana Krug, the author of this meeting, the consumer at the point of sale article featured in Progressive Grocer. And uh, extend my, uh, my uh, thanks to you, Jeff and, and Chuck, for participating on this uh, podcast. And we look forward to having you and uh, other guests on our future series. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us on, on the Android Store, Google Play, um, iTunes, and or Stitcher. So thanks again, guys. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you.